Talk to us now and go to the TNT Radio interactive live chat room at tntradio.live. Lighting the fuse for freedom. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Live from London with Sonia Poulton on today's News Talk, TNT. Good morning, good evening, good night, wherever this finds you in the world. Welcome to the Sonia Poulton Show on today's News Talk Radio. I am thrilled to be here with you. This is such a momentous day in so many respects. They call today Blue Monday. It is apparently supposed to be the most depressing day of the year. But of course, as we know, that was brought to us by travel companies keen to flog their travel holidays to us. It is not going to be depressing at all. We are here and we are bringing the sunshine. As I said, I am absolutely thrilled to be here with you and joining the TNT team and starting out on this new adventure with you. You can expect lots of sparks first thing in the morning and plenty of interaction. I want to welcome old and new viewers alike to this show. And I want to thank you all so much for the welcoming and the congratulatory messages. It means the absolute world to me. Some of them made me weep with joy. When you read a message from a parent that says things like, myself and my 11-year-old are cheering you on, or you know, me and my 17-year-old will be there watching you. It is a wonderful feeling because you know that truth crosses all generations, all boundaries. And that is so important to me. So as I say, thank you so much for being on this journey with me. And a little bit of housekeeping, first of all, here's what to expect. We are an open book on this show. I will talk to people who I support, but also those I don't. No one wants an echo chamber from me. People often say to me, you can't speak to this person or you can't speak to that person. All you'll do is amplify their awful voices. Well, I disagree. I think we've had enough of censorship and cancel culture. I know I have. I also think that if people are considered objectionable, the best thing to do is pull them out and give them the disinfectant of, su of sunlight, right? A voice isn't just there to be amplified, in my opinion. It's also there to be revealed. So I will not just be having people on here whom I approve of, who get the tick mark, but people I don't agree with and may not even like. And I'm not here to act as judge, jury or executioner, but to give a daily insight into our world and the people in it. And who knows, they might even be able to change my opinion. They might be able to change your opinion because the thing that I think we've all learned is that legacy media is so distorted, it will demonize people who shouldn't be demonized in the first place. So, okay, before we have a look at what's on my radar this morning, I want to have a look at who is with us in the chat. Because as I've said, one of the most important things about the Sonia Poulton show is our interaction. So I'm going to go straight to the live chat and I see, oh, morning, Sonia, a beautiful blue Monday. 
to hear Sonia's voice is a blessing for 2024. Thank you so much, Adet. I truly appreciate that. I think Adet is in South Africa. And that is the wonderful thing, obviously, about today's news talk is it is global. It is global without being globalist. How about that? I've managed to work this app well, says Craig Campbell. Craig, welcome to the chat. Thank you, Freckles. Thank you, Dean. Truly appreciate that. Dean welcomed me onto his show on TNT before, and it's just absolutely wonderful to see him in the chat. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, Craig's already loving the chat, which is fantastic. Today, of course, kicks off the World Economic Forum. Annual meeting begins in Davos today. I'll be talking more about that with Jeffrey Peel later in the show. Um, it's the annual 54th bash, of course. This is where globalists the world over come together and decide how we're going to be living our lives. There'll be politicians and statespeople and people from business and industry, entertainment, and the plethora of future young leaders who will be initiated into the annual event. Doesn't sound too cult-like at all, does it? The last two conferences, of course, have been dominated by Ukraine. Um, Zelensky will be putting in an appearance in terms of making a speech, but it was unclear um, if there will be any Russian officials attending. From the UK, there'll be Chancellor Jeremy Hunt and Shadow Chancellor Rachel Reeves. They'll both be in attendance. France's Emmanuel Macron is expected to make a speech about France in terms of its future role in Europe. And of course, uh, European President Ursula von der Leyen. She'll also be there. Of course she will. It's a veritable smorgasbord of globalists. Then, of course, there'll be musicians who are part of the control system, including musician Nar Rogers. He'll be speaking today. Topics for discussion this week will include when climate impacts your health, artificial intelligence as a driving force for the economy and society, and creating growth and jobs for a new era. And achieving security and cooperation in a fractured world will be discussed by an assortment of people over 20 panels. I will be right back. This is today's News Talk. From weather and traffic reports to news of political developments. We turn to journalists for the information we need to live our daily lives. Journalists around the world provide the news that is essential for democracy, for personal freedom, and for safety and stability. Yet their ability to report freely and safely is under attack like never before. Domenic journalists are paying with their lives. They face exponential risks and they've already paid a heavy toll. Death threats, online harassment, and physical attacks are becoming a daily experience of journalists in all countries. We just want people to be safe, to be able to get our readers the information that they need to make informed decisions. They checked my phone and realized that it was Pegasus. I feel myself like I'm naked at the street. These charges were politicized from the start. Facts win. Truth wins. Justice wins. C'est énorme pour moi d'être là, d'être libre. Surtout que je m'y attendais pas du tout. Stand with the free press. Stand with journalists whose reporting won't be silenced. Press freedom is your freedom.
It's been said that when someone you love has Parkinson's, you have Parkinson's. The truth is, Parkinson's disease doesn't just affect the diagnosed. It affects everyone who supports and helps care for them. Worldwide, over 10 million people are living with Parkinson's, a neurological disease that affects movement. And with so many places to search for information, it can be difficult to know where to begin. The Parkinson's Foundation has answers. Answers for everyone in the fight. We can help you understand the disease, help you find expert care, give you tips for living a better life, share the latest research, help you find local support, and there's a free helpline you can call. Find your answers and join us in the fight against Parkinson's. To learn more, please go to parkinson.org or call 1-800-4PD-INFO. The Parkinson's Foundation. Better lives together. Russia. Gas prices. COVID mandates. It just doesn't seem like anybody's doing anything about it. Today's News Talk Radio. TNT. And I am joined by the lovely Gemma Cooper. Hello there, Gemma. Sonia, welcome aboard the good ship TNT. What a wonderful addition to the team. Kicking off Blue Monday, another behavior control mechanism for for all of us here in the UK. But uh, yeah, welcome aboard. You're a wonderful addition to the team. And I'm very, very much looking forward to working with you. Oh, thank you. I truly appreciate that. I heard the kind words you had to say about me with James Freeman the other day, and that's absolutely wonderful. It's so wonderful to be so warmly welcomed by everybody, and I truly appreciate it. And I actually do listen to your news reports, so it's wonderful to be working with you. So what are you telling us about today? Well, it's just a wonderful example of of people power and how it's working, how it's working, how standing up to governments, standing up to corporations, standing up to globalist policies, of which we're going to see more coming out of Davos this week for sure. Uh, But it's it's people standing up against the system and winning, which is just great. And of course, it's the the farmers' protests in Germany, which reached their culmination today in Berlin at the Brandenburg Gate. I mean, a few of the farmers have been there since last week. We've had protests right across Germany. met various different towns and cities, but they're all converging. Most of them started arriving last night. Still a few more on their way this morning. It's freezing cold there. The snow is coming down, but that is not stopping the farmers. So today will be the culmination. Uh, Expected official numbers are 3,000 tractors, 2,000 trucks, and more than 10,000 people. Looking at some of the images on social media of the farmers converging uh, on Berlin, it looks like way more than that already. Uh, We've had firefighters uh, coming out onto the streets and clapping and cheering them as they're on their way converging on onto the city. Um, so it really is a kind of solidarity moment amongst workers in Germany sticking two fingers up against the government. Now, so far, the Chancellor Olaf Scholz has refused to engage with the farmers, which is such a massive own goal because it's adding to their uh, anger that their voices are not being heard about the subsidy cuts, uh, which they are protesting against. But there has been some conciliatory action. The government's already agreed to not scrap the on new agricultural vehicles. So it's kind of a climb down. They're realizing that the strength of feeling, uh, they're going to have to kind of backtrack on these policies um, get themselves out of this budget mess that they find themselves in. But what's really extraordinary, and I think it's, it is it is all a legacy of 2020 onwards, where we did see these right. huge global protests, of course, against uh, the vaccines, vaccine mandates, lockdowns. People just said, no, we're not having it. And that kind of uh, energy, which I think is indicative of this, this con- 
helping the planet is very much alive and well in Germany this morning, in Berlin this morning. So it does remain to see how um, how successful they are, whether they can force the government's hand. The finance minister is due to address the protest today. That's at least some acknowledgement that they need to engage now with these thousands of farmers. And, and obviously, I think other public workers might follow suit, seeing if, if these um, challenges to policy will, will have effect. Of course, the legacy media is smearing the whole thing with far right, saying that they've been infiltrated by Alternative for Germany, the political party that's gaining traction. That's just an, a lazy way of not looking at the real issues involved here and why the farmers are so angry. And of course, it's not just farmers in Germany. We've seen this in the Netherlands. And I, I, I wouldn't wager actually we'll see this in the UK soon as farmers everywhere face the same issues, you know, cuts to funding, um, uh, increased uh, taxation on pollution, uh, the, the closing of farms and, and making them diversify into other areas, and which of course is a means of controlling our food production and what we eat. So it's a really historic day. Uh, the images that we're seeing on social media of the farmers are absolutely wonderful. I'm sure us at TNT are standing in solidarity with them as are our viewers and listeners. Absolutely. You took the words right out of my mouth about the demonization of mainstream legacy media. You and I both come from legacy media, of course. And immediately when I look at the headlines and I'm like, oh, they're doing it. And you're absolutely right. This is about distracting us from the the, the true things, the, the important issues that matter. And you talk about a ripple effect taking place. Of course, as you say, we saw, we saw a great deal of this, didn't we? We saw the Canadian truckers. We saw the Dutch farmers come together. Do you think we're going to have a ripple effect into Australia and the UK, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah, I do think the UK. I do think the UK. I saw some uh, headlines over the weekend of uh, UK farmers saying enough is enough because, you know, farmers are now being paid not to farm. Farmers are being paid to, to put their efforts into other areas, um, you know, things like glamping or just or just being offered millions to, to move off their land to make way for housing developments. But of course, who's going to provide the food? We'll all be reliant on imports. And the farmers are saying, no, we have a proud history of farming here in the UK. Uh, and lots of farmers are looking to Germany looking to Germany now, seeing what's going on and realizing, you know, I think for a lot of farmers who maybe went along with the narrative of the last four years are looking at what's going on around the world, looking at what's going on in the UK and having their red pill moment and going, hang on a minute, something's not right here. This is a systematic right. destruction of our industry and our food production. And they're beginning to realize it's being orchestrated from above. So I do think, I absolutely do think, Sonia, I agree with you on this one. In the UK, I think we'll see farming rallies just like this within a year, within a year. Uh which is a wonderful thing. And, and uh, you know, again, you alluded to it. I was like, you seem to be reading my mind this morning, Gemma, which is absolutely wonderful. What a magnificent start for us. But how much of this really is part of the agenda of forcing people into a plant-based diet? Well, uh, you know, 100%. And, and you know, it, there isn't anything wrong with a good plant-based diet. You know, there's nothing right. wrong with really... I have it. You know, but well, there we go. It takes a lot of work, though. A very good plant-based diet takes a lot of preparation. It takes a lot of um, thought to get the right nutrients from things like beans and pulses. Um, but it can be done. But we're not talking about that kind of plant-based diet. We're talking about processed food. We're talking about insects, right. which human, be human beings aren't designed to eat. So yeah, I think yeah, it's more even than that. It's a means of controlling food, the amount of food. You know, if we're Absolutely. all reliant on... on we can't grow our own. We have to give get what we're given. And what we're given won't be for our benefit at all. And how much will be given. And then hunger and desperate times will lead to desperate measures. And then we'll all be very malleable and we'll all do exactly what we're told.
Absolutely. Thank you so much, Gemma. Brilliant. Wonderful to talk to you this morning. I presume I will see you again at the same time tomorrow. Absolutely. Thank you. Looking Thank you so much. Thank you. Everybody, this is today's News Talk. We'll be right back. TNT Radio's Patrick Henningsen. There's a dark cloud which is gathering over Ukraine. This has been an absolute disaster. In the last month alone, as I reported previously, Ukraine's lost 13,000 troops in October. So what does that mean? Well, you can guess that recruitment is probably down. So right now, the government in Kiev, the Zelensky government's doing forced conscription. Morale is at an all-time low. Uh, we've also seen conscientious objectors uh, who are taking to social media like Telegram who reported uh, that they were just finished a six-month prison sentence uh, after refusing to go to the front line. Some of the forced conscripts rebelled, were imprisoned for six months, did a six-month sentence, and then the day before their release, they were put into a van and then sent to the front line. I kid you not. Patrick Henningsen on today's News Talk TNT Radio. Affordable housing, we can build that. Sustainable housing, we can build that. At MIT Modular, we understand the importance of housing for all and the importance of design, cost, and functionality. Our goal is to meet the needs of our growing population by converting shipping containers to livable units. If you're like-minded and in a position to invest in something meaningful and life-changing, we want to hear from you. We are a team of professional architects, engineers, and financial and tax experts dedicated to offering unique solutions that provide a brighter future. Our Opportunity Zone Fund offers investors both real estate and operating business diversification, five-year tax deferral on capital gains, annual tax benefits, and ultimately tax-free appreciation potential. There are Opportunity Zones all over America. If you're interested in learning more about our services, need affordable housing, or want to participate in creating a new vision for tomorrow, give us a call in the U.S. on 385-985-5702 or read more at MITModular.com. MIT Modular, we can build that. A hoax about carbon dioxide in the climate has caused a global energy and economic disaster. Today's News Talk, TNT Radio. I am delighted to be joined by Bob Moran. He very humbly describes himself as a mere cartoonist, but Bob is so much more than that. He is, in my opinion, changing the world one cartoon at a time. And I am delighted that he is the first guest with us today. Welcome, Bob. Oh, wow. Thank you, Sonia. Well, I mean, I try to stay humble, but being your first guest uh, on your brand new show is such an honor. Thank you so Aww. much for having me. Oh, thank you for being here with us. We are absolutely delighted. Now, I've met Bob on several occasions. I am a absolute fan, unashamedly so. And uh, I, my daughter and I were fortunate enough to um, catch Bob's, I think that was your first show, wasn't it? Art Apocalypse, which was That's just right. phenomenal at the Bloomsbury Theatre in London. Tell us about that, Bob. Yeah, well, it was um, started off as a fairly mad idea I had to try and do a live show. I, obviously, it's not that's not what I do. You know, I, I stay up here in my attic drawing pictures. That's the kind of um, the way I like to work. And uh, I thought it might be fun to try and do something live on stage. And it turns out, Sonia, it's actually quite a lot of hard work. Um, yes. <laughs> it's quite a difficult thing to do to put a live show together. Uh, we managed to find a venue uh, at the Bloomsbury Theatre, which is a great theatre right in the heart of London. It's kind of, um, it's part of UCL. So obviously it's 
it's sort of very much part of the woke center of the world um <laughs> and and we had a few a few problems they i, I think they might have booked me by accident <laughs> um but <laughs> but to the, to their credit they let me put the show on and it was a great success and you know we we sold out we had more than 500 people there um the first night nearly sold out the second night it turned into a a full-on stage show so it's me on stage on my on, on my own um in terms of performing the show and i have it set up like my studio so i'm live drawing on stage but then we ended up with a three-piece band on with me and uh paul handley this really talented musician wrote this uh, exclusive music for the show and performed it and um it was great it was just a great atmosphere and people really liked it that's the thing you, you put these things together and you write them and you don't really know how people will react until you get out there and do it and suddenly right. they're laughing and clapping and crying or whatever and um it, it was a great success now possibly naively we thought well, now we've done it here and everyone's loved it so much we can go on and do it in other places um so we had i know i've got a lot of friends um friends and fans in the north and as soon as i announced the london shows i had people in the north of the uk saying come and do it up here because you know we don't like traveling to london which i understand um so we booked the newcastle opera house that was supposed to be uh this saturday just gone we were supposed to oh. be doing it there yes it's a very strange feeling on saturday um and you didn't get to do it, did you, Bob? <laughs> no, it didn't happen because uh, we we announced the Newcastle show the day after the London shows and the tickets went on sale. And a couple of days later, they cancelled and just sent me an email in the morning saying, we're not doing your show anymore because uh, we've we've discovered that your views don't align with our values. Which uh, and is the outrageous. CEO. Absolutely outrageous. Total cancel culture, yeah. right? I mean, the thing is, for those who are not familiar with Bob, and why ever not? Because Bob was the uh, cartoonist at the Daily Telegraph, uh, infamously sacked. Um, but, but he's now become absolutely world famous for his work. Because I think if anybody has been able to pictorially capture what has been going on over the last four years, Bob, you are absolutely that person. And no, your cartoons are not PC, but they shouldn't be. The world isn't PC. And so presumably they cancelled you because you, you aren't politically correct. Is that right? Well, I'm still trying to get to the bottom of exactly why they oh. cancelled me. Um, because they didn't actually say that it's oh. it's not to do with the show itself or the content of the show. Um, it I think it's something I've tweeted in the past, uh, possibly to do with um, the trans movement. I'm not sure, uh, which That'll does not feature at all. You know, yeah, there's none of that in the in the show. Um, but obviously, I said. Can, you know, as soon as they told me the show was being cancelled, can can you um, explain why? What's your reasoning? What, what's the the thing I've said or or done? Because in the contract that I'd signed, um, it did actually say, if there's anything we don't like that you've said, we won't. We can't just cancel your show. We have to tell you what it is and give you an Ooh. opportunity to either retract it or explain it. And um, they still haven't shown me what it is I meant to have said. I am, I am um, 
in the process of uh, using lawyers to try try and get to the bottom of it. Um, what but, a world! But it, it's extraordinary the the arrogance of these these people who, even when you've signed a contract like that, they think they can just cancel your show and um, ruin things for you without having to explain themselves or give an explanation. They don't think they need to anymore. I think that's fairly outrageous. And one of the things that you you mentioned was the sort of different emotional journey that your show takes people on. I literally, we laughed, we cried, we, you know, we just hooted out loud at some points. And some of the most profound moments of the show was when you were actually talking about your children. And, you know, clearly your children have influenced you greatly, as indeed my child has me. Tell us something about how your children, I think in particular, your your youngest, your daughter, how she has influenced your work and the direction that you've taken. Yeah, I, I am not sure I'd have done any of this uh, without having children. I don't think I'd have taken the decisions that I have and um, kept going like I have. Um, I, I've got three children and um, two girls and a boy. And my eldest daughter, Poppy, um, had a brain injury when she was born and it was very eldest. difficult circumstances. And she has cerebral palsy and epilepsy as a result. Um, and so, and she's an amazing, amazing girl. And so she's kind of, she's achieved so much, you know, when she was born, we were told she won't be able to do this. She won't be able to do that. Here's what you should expect. And, um, it, it's been incredible to watch the way she's overcome all of her difficulties. Obviously the situation that began in 2020 with the lockdowns and, and hospital shutting down and masks and the, the awful stuff happening in schools um, affected her a great deal and as a result affected us as a family. And so that was one of the things that really made me sit up and take notice and start to think about um, how it didn't make sense and how wrong Absolutely. it was. Absolutely. Bob, can I just hold you there a second? We're going to go briefly to some news headlines and we will be right back with Bob Moran on today's News Talk. Big news! Yeah. We do have some big news. TNT Radio News. Big news. Matt Boyland here with a quick look at your TNT headlines. Donald Trump has urged his supporters to brave bone-chilling temperatures and fulfil their democratic duty by voting in Monday's caucuses. Worst fears were realised in Iceland on Sunday as lava from a new volcanic eruption spilled into the town of Grindavik. And North Korea claims to have successfully test-fired an intermediate-range solid-fuel ballistic missile fitted with a hypersonic warhead. Why not give TNT Radio a follow? We're on all major social platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Gab and Getter. Help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time right here on today's News Talk. TNT Radio. TNT Radio. Thank you for joining us today on today's News Talk. I have my first guest with me, cartoonist Bob Moran, and we were just discussing the impact that our children have on influencing our work. Bob, you were talking about your children and how they've influenced you and uh, the sort of twists and turns that you had to take during COVID. Yeah, um, I was just explaining that, you know, I think this is true of all parents, really. And, and you know, um, you you always feel like you can put up with quite a lot and and be pushed around and and kind of um 
when, when the government starts to encroach on your life and things, maybe you might you might think, oh, I'll just suck it up and get on with things. But when it starts to directly affect your children um, and directly harm your children, uh, you you do feel like it's time to to step up and say something and do something and try to stop it. You know, and that's what I talk about in the show. I I really felt like when my daughter was born. Um, I'm still dealing with a lot of guilt about that for for the the fact that I don't feel I did enough, you know, and I didn't act, but I did promise myself and, and promise her at the time that I wouldn't do that again. That the next time she was in trouble, and I needed to speak up, that I would. That really is why I sort of took the decision to put my my job on the line, um, and it, ultimately lose my job, and keep keep telling the truth as I saw it um, because you have to as a parent when when your child is suffering and and I think we all have to think about the kind of world our children are headed into and what what we hope the kind of lives they might be able to leave to, to, to lead you know that's what's at stake here really it absolutely is you're giving people goosebumps in the chat Bob I have to read this to you. Shin says, wow, Bob, this explains why Sally, who's Shin's partner, is so attracted to your art. She's an artist too. We have three girls, one who has serious problems too. Wow, goosebumps. And that's the thing, Bob, that's the thing absolutely with your work is it speaks so profoundly to people. And by the way, what parent doesn't feel guilt about something or another, right? That is just, isn't that just the most common feeling I in the world? Oh, yes, absolutely. I mean, you never, I don't think any parent, if you're doing it well, you never feel like you're doing it properly. You know, I think right. that's, a, right. that's a good sign, probably. It is. It shows you're not a psychopath for a start, right? Which is always <laughs> exactly. a good thing if you're a parent, really. So uh, obviously, you, you, you're you dealing with the situation to do with Newcastle, but you continue to put out this phenomenal work. Your Christmas artwork, I think, was probably just the piece de la resistance, wasn't it? Just uh -huh. a phenomenal piece of work. And by the way, for those who aren't familiar with it, I mean, there's just so many characters there, um, from a Trudeau to Trump to you name it. But Bob... Who is the blue, uh, who is the lady, the blonde lady uh -huh. in the far oh, distance? Yeah, I, I thought you might ask me about this. Um, this is funny because <laughs> it's, kind of it's kind of a conspiracy theory within the picture about conspiracy theories. Um, I, <clears throat> what can I say? I know who that figure is supposed to be, but I'm not, I'm not saying it because it's a Ooh. bit of an in-joke. It's a bit of an idiot. One of the things about that picture was, um, obviously, I decided to cram it full of different people. And it took quite a long time um, to compose it and get all the likenesses and decide who was going to be in and who was going to be out. And then once you start to move into the background, um, to be honest, some of them are just random figures filling, filling the scene because I needed a figure there. What happens is people look at it and they assume everyone is supposed to be somebody. So they're all going, oh, I think this might be Zelensky or, you know, I right. think this is right. Gates back here with her, with her breaths out or whatever it was. Um, and yes, the lady walking away in the blue dress, I, I know who it is, but, but, uh, and, and myself and about three other people know who it is, but everyone okay, else. Okay. So this is not some random, 
Right. Okay. So, <laughs> so she is not some random uh, created character. She is a real person. She's based on a real person. Right. Okay. I'm going to think about that. Bob, I met you in the summer at the Jam for Freedom Festival when I was hosting a panel. And we talked then about how our lives have changed over the last few years since some of us were forced to become independent. But there's no doubt about it, even though there was the initial shock of being sacked by the Daily Telegraph, your life has taken off exponentially, hasn't it? Yeah, it's completely changed. My whole career path has shifted um you know i i when i was young i really wanted everything to be set in stone sonia i wanted a kind of stable career i thought right. that there's one job i need to do and that's working for a newspaper i just need to get to a newspaper and stay there until i drop off my stool at 85 or something which is what most political cartoonists do you know and i was so thrilled when i got into the telegraph i thought right i've done it i'm set uh, I don't need to worry now. And and then it all got turned upside down. And like you say, it's, it's a very worrying thing to suddenly lose your job like that. Right. Uh, when I was 35 with three young children and, you know, and a mortgage to pay and it all disappeared. Um, but, you know, I've kept going and uh, I've got a much, much bigger audience now. More people see my work. Um, I'm totally free to create what I want. I'm not, you know, officially associated with anybody. I don't work for anyone but myself now, uh, which is a great place to be. And I I don't know what I might be doing in five, 10 years time, which is actually great. You know, it turns out I didn't really want that kind of boring security and um, doing the same, exactly the same job day after day for years and years. Uh, I, I much prefer it this way. And it's thanks to the massive community that's built up around um, what we've all been through right. and the, the freedom movement and places like TNT. Um, I mean, TNT, I, th I think, uh, you know, and you haven't paid me to say this, but right. I, I really think it's one of the best um, elements of this new media that sprung up. Uh, there's so many great people on this station um, and, and a real range of of uh, kind of characters and different takes on what's going on and some brilliant right. brilliant journalists like yourself and Thank Patrick you. Henningsen um so yeah it's I, I'm I'm really my success is in large part due to the kind of people who are in this movement um who've kind of encouraged me to keep going and supported me but you had to do it in the first place. You had the courage of your convictions to speak out, even though it was completely against the mainstream narrative. You, I think you knew that there was a problem anyway, because certainly you talked about that in your show, but you still went ahead and did it. And that is the thing, Bob, I truly believe that you have been rewarded for your bravery in the first place. And I completely agree with you. The reason I, I am here at TNT is I see it as an actual credible a potential challenge to legacy media. And that to me is phenomenal. I completely agree with you. Bob, listen, thank you so much for joining us this morning. It's been absolutely amazing. What are you currently working on? Well, um, I should say we are definitely going to do the show again. Uh, Good. Soon, we hope. So I'm working on plans to do, it will probably be in London again. I think, and we're just hoping this week we can secure the venue and announce some dates. So uh, I'm busy with that. 
and uh, I am thinking about some new cartoons to do with um, the new year and all the new wars and new diseases we've got apparently coming down the line. Disease X, do not forget Disease X. Obviously, that is coming down the line fast, super fast. Certainly will be topic of discussion at WEF this week. Everybody, this has been the amazing Bob Moran. Thank you so much for being my first guest. We will be back after a short break. This is today's News Talk. When I had my heart event close to four years ago, I was at the gym, thought I deserve a coffee and thought I'll top up with fuel ordered a coffee but while I was pumping fuel I started to get chest pains then it got worse and worse and worse so then I was leaning on the counter thinking yeah something's not quite right so then I went to wait for the coffee and that's when it really really hit and Joy just you know mouth do you need an ambulance and I remember nodding I wasn't even thinking about a heart attack I just thought something is seriously wrong with me here so when the cardiologist came to see me she informed me that I'd had what they call a widowmaker heart attack Bit of a shock when someone says, you know, you nearly died. <laughs> Everybody should be aware of all the symptoms of a heart attack that women can have that aren't typical of the shoulder pain, the right arm pain. I go to the gym, I do yoga, Pilates, I swim, I go on bike rides, and yet I still had a heart attack. You just don't know it could be you. I didn't ask to be thrown in the streets with nowhere to go, but I did ask for help and Covenant House was there for me. One in 10 young adults will experience a form of homelessness this year. For these kids who didn't ask to be put in this unthinkable situation, Covenant House is there, providing hot meals, a safe place to sleep, medical care, and love. They just really genuinely just wanted to help me succeed, and I'm succeeding. To learn more, go to safeplacetosleep.org today. The conversation continues with Sonia Poulton on today's News Talk TNT. Welcome back to today's News Talk. I can't believe the first show is almost over. It's absolutely flown past. And that's partly because I've been blessed with two incredible guests to join me today for this first show. And my second guest today is Jeffrey Peel. Jeffrey is a businessman. He's involved in tech marketing. He's a free market commentator and he is the editor and writer of The New Era. Welcome, Jeff. Thank you so much for joining me today on today's News Talk. Sonia, I'm I'm very honoured, like like Bob mentioned earlier, to be uh, one of your uh, first guests in your first program on TNT. So uh, delighted to be here, and congratulations on the new role. Thank you, thank you. Really appreciate that. You are the perfect first guest, I believe, to usher in this show because we want to just to discuss the truth movement and the importance of not focusing on conspiracy theories, but of holding power to account. What did you mean when you said that to me? Well, I think the um, I was going to call it the freedom movement or the, uh, you know, the truth movement, whatever you want to call it. I, I, I think because it's a collection of individuals who all have their own particular perspectives on things, you know, they we all have a tendency, I think, to run down our own rabbit holes. Um, now, there's, you know, there, there's some overlap, obviously, in terms of our worldviews often. But, uh, you know, on some occasions we. We'll go off at a tangent and and believe things that uh, others don't necessarily agree with, but that's just the nature of the beast. I think I think the strength uh, of the the movement, if you like, the resistance, whatever we we want to call it, is that we do have that individualism, that uh, those right. individual perspectives, and collectively, I think we can achieve 
achieved so much, but there has been a degree of fragmentation um, as a result of many of the developments, uh, the geopolitical developments that have happened. And of course, many of those developments have been orchestrated by, by globalists and globalist movements, right. um, and obviously designed to cause fragmentation and diffusion of the uh, the arguments. So I think the, the, the key thing really is to focus on some fundamentals. And obviously, one of those fundamentals is the fact that we are being systematically manipulated, particularly by the media, uh, and uh, and we're being pushed, you know, ha having narratives pushed upon us that, that we need to kick uh, back against. And I, obviously, what you're doing and TNT Radio is doing and, and many of the other alternative media organizations are doing is is um, trying to frame a narrative which uh, which counters that that's uh, pushed down our throat by organizations like the World Economic Forum. Absolutely. And, and it was interesting what Gemma said earlier about what is going on in terms of the farmers and how legacy media rushed to demonize it as a far right protest. And that is those are exactly the narratives that we have to push back against. And I mean, when I talked to you before, obviously, a huge marketplace for ideas and conversation is Twitter, what formerly Twitter, now X. And you and I talked before about the involvement of Linda Yaccarino who obviously Elon Musk had brought in to X. How do you feel X is going in terms of being under the sort of auspices of a well-known World Economic Forum person? Well, it, it's apparently Elon Musk is going to be attending the World Economic Forum this week. To be fair to him, you know, he has actually been extremely critical uh, of the organization and perhaps having a an alternative voice there is going to be a, a, a good thing. But, um, but I think... Increasingly, Twitter is moving in the direction of a subscription-based model. Their 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 new premium pricing, you know, to, to have an advertising-free version is is quite expensive. Um, but obviously, advertising or subscription revenues are are what's uh, what's going to sustain them. <clears throat> the question is whether it is genuinely a free speech platform. Um, right. If it is largely being sustained by by advertising, and it does sort of draw attention to the fact that we we are being faced with a stark choice there is centralism or centralization and that and globalism on one hand and on the other a, a, an increasing move uh particularly by individuals in the direction of of decentralization sort of peer-to-peer -peer working and and it's pretty fundamental even in in technology circles you know you've got there's been a lot of debates in, in the business community around uh for example um the use of of bitcoin as a as increasingly a, a currency of, of exchange uh, and as a, an off ramp uh, away from fiat currencies for example so this sort of decentralization centralization argument is one that's going to come to the fore and twitter is kind of at the center of it because it has been suggested of course that twitter is going to become a transaction network that you will actually um use tokens to pay for stuff right. on the twitter network eventually and and given the fact that Elon Musk founded PayPal originally, you know that's his uh, that's his uh, his key interest area, if you like, the the use of payment technologies, um, and uh, and that's where he made his initial fortune. So I think it's increasingly likely that um, you will be operating if you if you stay on Twitter in a in a closed user group, and that uh, that tokenization and payment platforms are going to come 
uh, into play and that's his great ambition but that's worrying because that's centrally controlled by one organization right. and potentially some type of proprietary currency that's in some way linked to the dollar it's it's about it's a little bit dystopian and uh, and distasteful frankly yeah, it's very concerning. Linda Yaccarino, of course, famously said freedom of speech, but not freedom of reach, which I always thought was a really scary statement. But I think there is absolute truth to that. I think unless you've got a blue tick, there's there's many problems for you now on X. I had an original legacy blue tick. I have withstood getting a blue tick, although I don't know how much longer I'll be able to do that for. But let us let us talk about the World Economic Forum, rebuilding trust. What an interesting theme oh, there is this isn't it week bizarre? there. Yeah, it's so <laughs> bizarre. You know, how could, it, they are literally, you know, rubbing our faces in it, aren't they? You know, they, the, the sheer audacity of the organization um, and you know, I I tweeted um, a few days after the uh, the Mr. Bates versus the Post Office drama was broadcast by ITV. Uh, the fact that you know the Fujitsu, the organisation behind uh, the Horizon project, and by, by the way, there's a big question mark as to why ITV ran that drama at this particular time. But but disregarding that for the minute, um, the fact that Fujitsu is is tramping off to the World Economic Forum and is going to have a, a venue at the World Economic Forum talking about these themes of truth. Uh, you know, it's, it's just beyond belief, uh, the hypocrisy of these organizations. It really is. And it's extraordinary, isn't it? It's like ultimate gaslighting that they subject us to on a regular basis. And when I was looking down some of the themes of the panels, and obviously it's all the things that you'd expect, security, AI, uh, you know, mass intelligence. And, and I just I think there comes a point when obviously the World Economic Forum, we have we have come to know it. And going back to what you we were talking about at the top about the freedom movement, the truth movement, et cetera. Do you think it has been demonized unfairly or do you think we haven't even got the measure of it yet? You mean the World Economic Forum? Yes. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's been uh, demonized uh, unfairly at all it, it's clear you know the world economic forum is essentially a a partnership a network a brotherhood whatever way you want to look at it of okay uh, of well large, we get an idea of, there <laughs> a lot, and brotherhood is the key where i think 75 percent of the delegates will be will be men at the, at the conference this week um it's it's dominated by uh globalist corporations and boardrooms it's, incidentally, I think they put out some numbers to indicate that there actually are going to be fewer world leaders attending the event, which would imply that perhaps some of the messaging has been getting through that the World Economic Forum really doesn't have the interests of uh, the general public at, at its heart. It's it's all about driving an agenda and it's, and it's a corporatist agenda. Uh, and obviously that corporatist agenda can be best driven if the World Economic Forum infiltrates uh, governments and and ideally um, infiltrates the uh, the payment mechanisms of government, you know, because they can then redirect an awful lot of those payments towards their corporatist partners. A great example of that is the so-called city deals. Uh, these are um, chunks of money that are being doled out by the by the UK government, but there are similar schemes in other parts of the world. But these city deals, 
deals are essentially uh, you know pitched as being opportunities for individual cities to get large you know amounts of money um to be spent on smart city implementation you know electronic cities and um all, all sorts of goodies will be made available with lots of flashing leds um uh, but yes. essentially this is a tokenization scheme because what they're doing is is offering uh access to world economic forum partners smart city implementers technology companies uh transportation suppliers um embedded system suppliers uh who will make an absolute fortune in the same way that fujitsu made a fortune on the back of the the post office and absolutely uh, they did proximity absolutely. to central government absolutely. so it's just sort of repeat of that process over it, and I know it truly is absolutely and of course I'm, I'm pretty certain on the agenda at WEF this week will be disease x are you familiar with disease x of, of course I mean what's yeah. interesting of course there was a tabletop exercise for COVID in 2019 namely event 201 and there's been several simulations for disease x so far one was in 2018 which was even before event 201 then there was another one actually last year in March 2023 which was conducted by the New York Times and they carried out a simulation where the issues of schools closing, masking, travel bans, all of the things that we came to know and detest about COVID, of course. And I always think, Jeff, there's a problem if they've managed to develop a vaccine before they've even told you that the disease is coming, right? And we know for a fact that there are at least 200 scientists who have already been working on a vaccine for disease X in the UK since at least the early part of 2023. And do, do you know where? The UK's Port and Down complex in Wiltshire, which of course is frequently associated with bioweapons. So any thoughts mm. on disease X? Well, yeah, it's it's uh, it plays perfectly to Moderna's business model. So Moderna, when it was established, essentially they, they talked about the programmability of, of some of its so-called solutions. Incidentally, these were solutions that didn't work. You know, right. all of the testing of, of Moderna's products on, on diseases uh, such as Zika, they didn't work. They killed the subjects if they were animal subjects. and They weren't uh, tested or even approved for testing on, on human beings. But then, of course, suddenly Moderna provides a, a, a vaccine uh, for COVID-19 itself, uh, just a, a media construct. It's it's all utter nonsense. Uh, but of course, this programmable, um, so-called programmable drug was then foisted on the global population, along with the Pfizer product, which is a similar type of technology, which isn't even a right. Pfizer technology. Of course, it was outsourced. Right. So this, this programmability, it's a bit like how they used to foist software products on us you know which didn't work very well <laughs> fell over quite a lot more full of bugs you know so absolutely the, it's it's that mindset and of course disease x well any any disease of course could be fixed if you're if you have a programmable so-called programmable solution to fix it but even bill gates when he bailed out of moderna had to admit the products don't they don't work so <laughs> so right. but it's 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 that wonderful method of marketing that regardless of the product the, pro the problem we have a programmable solution to fix it which of course uh is going to be paid for by the general public through massively increased tax take and that and that's the thing that the WEF never mentions the fact that 
each of its its essentially member governments, because that's what they're becoming. They are they are simply puppet governments um, jumping to the tune of, of the World Economic Forum. They're spending money hand over fist to fund these ridiculous um, proposals and and ideas and concepts and their and initiatives. Absolutely. Yeah, Net and- zero, et cetera. It's a club, says Holly. And uh, in the in the chat, hello to you all. Wonderful to see you. We Fat Shug says they love mocking us, and I think there is a huge degree of gaslighting that takes place. Do you do you think so, Jeff? They are absolutely. Although I think people are increasingly seeing through it. It's funny you mentioned the word simulation earlier because sometimes you get the feeling that you they are creating a simulation model in which we're all working. And I come back to the, the 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 Mr. Bates versus the post office thing, and and I, again I I would I would use that almost as an example because here was a a program that was obviously approved by Ofcom and the government, and was put out, and of course all of the mainstream media jumped on the bandwagon of the fact that these poor sub postmasters were absolutely shafted. They were they were taken to court. Yes. They were criminalised, of course, and it was yes. appalling what happened. But many of us, I worked in technology for most of my adult career, and I knew about the the Horizon debacle back in 2009. Um, wow. And it's taken decades, essentially, for that to get to public knowledge and, and the mainstream. But the, the mainstream media was made aware of this over a decade ago, uh, you know, yes. as early as 2009, 2010, and right. did absolutely nothing about it. So why is it that it's happening now? Why is it? Why did it happen the week Ooh, before the World Economic Forum? Are you yeah. suggesting there is a distraction here? Because obviously, going back to what we originally started talking about, and that is we shouldn't be distracted. We should be careful about going down rabbit holes, and we need to be holding the right people to account, right? Yeah, absolutely. And and even and question everything. You know, if we're being told that certain people need to be vilified, you know. Paula Venels, for example, in that drama was vilified, a character assassination. Now, it may may well be that she was highly culpable. I don't know. But, you know, Adam Crozier was in her position during the implementation of the of the Horizon system. Absolutely. Why was attention not drawn to that in the drama? Why, was well, it po- possibly because he used to be chief executive of ITV? There you go. Bingo. Almost certainly. I, I would be almost certain that that is the way it is because it's convenient, isn't it? The uh, broadcaster has managed to launch this incredible docudrama that has had such an amazing ripple effect and made people go, oh, wow, how awful. We must get justice for these people while managing to sidestep one of the key people who was involved in thousands of closures of the post office jeff we are coming soon to the end of our time but let's quickly go to the chat because as i've over as i've said about this show the interaction and our audience is so absolutely vital trude is saying can't see a tv drama about lockdown suicides harms or jab injuries yes that would be interesting wouldn't it i mean it absolutely and uh Oh, what have we got? Yes, it is too early to petition for a two-hour show at the moment, Craig. We're we're only just getting started on the one hour. But I, ha- I have been incredibly blessed today to be joined by cartoonist Bob Moran and Jeff Peel. Jeff, it's been an absolute pleasure welcoming you onto our first show. For, and I knew that we'd be able to have a, a very varied conversation. What are you currently up to? 
Well, I'm um, I'm getting increasingly involved in, uh, you know, I think I, I'm at a juncture. I need to go either, I need to stay with legacy, which I'm obviously not going to do, or go on in the other direction. And I was talking about decentralization and so on there. So that's kind of going to be my thing. I'm keen to support companies that are developing new decentralized business models, moving us away from centralized control by organizations like the World Economic Forum. Perfect. Thank you so much for joining us this morning and thank you all. Well, this morning, this evening, this this night, wherever you are in our wonderful world. I just want to say thank you to all of my guests today and today's News Talk Radio. Coming up next is the phenomenal Abby Roberts. Please.